Log Talk Radio. Log Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast night on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight's broadcast is in the ladies' room, featuring J.R., Tiki, and Gwen. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and sponsored by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. And now, bringing you the funk in diva style, here's J.R., Tiki and Gwen in the ladies' room. Who we are exposing ourselves to 
uh, every time we have sex. So uh, I'm interested to see some, hear some of the um, uh, things that that you uh, investigated and that you thought of, and and some maybe we have some callers call in and uh, give us some of their thoughts. Yeah, I'm, you know well, what, I'm particularly Lisa. interested. Yeah, I'm particularly interested in some of the um, the the public's uh, opinions about this 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 belief, and and I'm really interested in seeing the differences between generations. So I'm hope I'm hoping that um, from our callers tonight we're able to glean, <laughs> like from um, where they're coming from and their past experiences. Wow, what that view is. So, but um, aside from that, how has your uh, how has your week been? Uh, well, you know, it's um, I, I work the weekend. You know, that's my thing, and it was kind of rough a couple of those days. It's kind of rough, but uh, today started off very nicely. I uh, went to the gym and did my usual morning workout, and uh, that's coming along pretty good. And you know, when I moved here, when I moved here from Michigan, Gwen, um, the company that I work for now, you know, they had it where you worked either four ten-hour days or um, three twelve-hour weekend days, right? Right. And uh, when I first got here, I was on that rotation where you worked um, three days on the weekend for twelve hours, and I thought like mm-hmm. that was the greatest schedule in the world at first. <laughs> Okay, thank you. That's where I am. <laughs> but it was like every single Friday, Saturday, and Sunday without fail, you know, for twelve hours. And I'm like, really? Um, That's where. But I now am. being on on the other side of that thing, where you work uh, eight hours, five days, I, I'll take it just to have my weekend free. <laughs> <laughs> I do yeah, enjoy I my uh, my four days off. I really do. Um, uh, some weeks I get a lot of things done. Some weeks I don't do nothing. You know, it just right. depends on just depends on uh, which way the moon is rotating. <laughs> uh, but uh, today I just, you know, I just did some of my uh, wifely and motherly responsibilities and uh, kept it moving. <laughs> right, <laughs> wifely? I can't even imagine. You know, I'm not a wifey and I'm not motherly. <laughs> I don't have any children and I'm not married, so. Sometimes I don't think I'm wifey and motherly either. <laughs> Some days I just want to be me. Yeah, I, that's, that's interesting. I, I just had that um that conversation with a classmate um that I hadn't really seen in years, but we've reconnected via Facebook, like you know, the majority of the free world. And uh, it's so interesting. She's a mother and um a wife, and we were just just having that conversation about the difference. Oh yeah. In the role. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I am, re- I am really excited to um to get into this topic. So um I want to go ahead and invite Levi on, so that we can okay. get it started. If that's all right with you. Oh, that's great. Let's go get it, Levi. Okay. <laughs> so Levi, are you there? I'm there, Tiki. What's up, Tiki? What's up, Gwen? Hey. Hi, Levi. <laughs> and welcome right. to In the Late. You know, Levi, you have been invited to a sacred place. You have been invited to the okay. ladies' room. <laughs> I realize that. I feel so privileged right now. <laughs> you, you should. You should. 
<laughs> you know, men just don't get invited to the ladies' room, Levi. <laughs> and we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and no, you shouldn't. But for tonight's topic, <laughs> for the conversation that we're having in the ladies' room tonight, I thought it would behoove us to have the input of a man. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I can handle that, I think. You can handle that? <laughs> I can think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you, you know, you, you know, at some point I plan to uh, invite Camilla and Miss Cam I am to come in and uh, share her thoughts on this topic with us and have this kind of roundtable discussion um, between us, and then invite callers to to share their thoughts and opinion. So just to get this thing started, um, just to give a little background on the reason for the idea of the show, it really stems from something that I heard my grandmother say. And I can't say that um, she was talking to me, but, I, you know, this is something um, I was privy to hear, have heard her say, and she probably didn't think, and I know that I didn't understand the implications of what she was saying at that age because I was, you know, not even a teenager. But the statement was something like, um, you share a spirit or you share spirits with every person that you have sex with. That every time you choose to share your body with someone, you take a part of them with you. Not just in the physical sense. And I know there's a um, there's an idea that a scientist have that, um you that some form of biological evidence is present in the body for every sexual partner you've ever had for ten years. So whereas I don't know about that, I do believe my grandma when she said that you share spirits with every person um that you choose to share in intercourse with. So what I would like to do tonight is really explore uh, the implications of that. What does that mean? How do it impact us um, as individuals and as a collective society? And what are we teaching our children, particularly our girls, uh, when we talk about uh, sexual behavior? And does this come into play? Does this ever come up in the conversation? So, Gwen, um, both you and Levi are married with children, and as you know, most of our listeners already know that I'm single with no children. So I'm really, I will really be asking you both questions to try to help me understand, you know, how these conversations really go, or how you think they they should go. So, and if you're comfortable with sharing that, you know, that'll be that'll be just awesome. So I want to get this started with you, Levi, as our guest. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on that um, idea that sexual partners share spirits? Uh, well, first first of all, I I, I agree with the, the idea that um, sexual partners do share a spirit. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this topic because we're talking about sex and we're talking about spirituality. And 
And thinking about those topics, you naturally go, well, for me at least, you naturally go to thinking about the Bible. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this subject in terms of the Bible. But one thing I wanted to say is when you think about rules that we have in life and rules that we have in society and rules that we have in the Bible, and there are rules about adultery, there's rules about fornication, we think about it from the punitive standpoint, but we don't think about, which I think the Bible also is trying to teach us, is this topic we're talking about tonight. It's not only that you should or should not do certain things because they break certain rules, but I do think one of the reasons why the Bible tells us to be very careful about who you have sex with is because there's an ancient wisdom that acknowledges the fact that when you enter into an intimate relationship with someone, you are sharing a spirit with that person. You are making a spiritual connection with that person, and that's going to impact you in some way. Oh, wow. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. What are your thoughts on that, Gwen? Uh, I think he's absolutely right. Um, as I was saying before, we really don't think about, um, you know, what uh, or or what type of spirit that person may have, or be it good or bad, or what kind of impact it's going to have on us, especially when we're younger. Uh, you know, a lot of times we're doing something we, as my mom said, you're doing something you got no business, <laughs> right? Because you don't, you're not mature enough. Um, to to understand the ramifications or what kind of impact it is going to have on you, so um, I, I say I believe that too. I believe you do share a spirit, uh, be it good or bad, with uh, everybody. I, I hope that thing that the scientists were saying about the was the ten years, what was it? What you said about the ten years? <laughs> about about ten years of biological I'm evidence on. in the body. Yeah, I don't need none of that to hang around too long. <laughs> I I agree. That might not necessarily be a good thing. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to further explore this topic, okay? All right. show by phone, you can speak to the host by pressing 1. Right now, that will put you in the caller's queue and allow the host to see that you want to speak. If you're listening via internet and want to call in, dial 323-784-9638 and then you press 1. Otherwise, you can dial that number and listen to the entire show. You're listening to Soar. Chris was right. Talk radio, coast to coast. This is the Soul of America Radio. 
all kinds of rules in society are sex. We talk about the punitive aspect of it, but we never go the next step and explain, like you were saying, what's the beautiful aspect of it or how is the proper way to go about enjoying something like sex, which is like which as you say, is created by God. And I think that comes out of that that uh, Judeo Christian tradition of just talking about punishment and not talking about pleasure. That's just a part of the historic way that Christians and our society in general, when we talk about rules, have handled topics like this. And so people don't have intelligent or full conversations on the subject. They just talk about one aspect, what not to do, but never talk about how to do it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I know that we have Jr. back on with us. Jay, you there? Yeah. Hi. How's everybody doing tonight? Hey, hey, Levi. Nice to have you. What's up, Jr.? Not much. <laughs> Missing the wine know. country. <laughs> it sure is nice in this ladies' room. The men's room don't look like this. <laughs> <laughs> we keep the best for ourselves, you know. <laughs> So I have a question for you, Janice. Mm-hmm. When can you share, or would you feel comfortable sharing with us? How was, or do you recall, if it was in any certain way, the topic of sex or sexual behavior um, introduced to you coming up? It never formally was, you know, it was just something you kind of snickered about in the bathroom and, you know, behind the swings and stuff like that in elementary school. Uh, And oddly enough, it was a subject that was not discussed in my household. Uh, It was just understood that that was something you just didn't do. Um, And fortunately enough, I was able to abide by that uh, for my tenure at home. Uh, but but in in the vein of the conversation um, now, I myself I uh, decided to um, expose myself, for lack of a better term, on graduation night because I would be assured that if anything went awry, I wouldn't be in high school trying to have a kid. Uh, but I recall after everything, the fireworks and all that, so so to speak, the sparklers really well. Match. That's what it was. It was a match. Uh, after everything was over with, uh, I remember thinking to myself, "This is it." You mean this right. is this is this is what everybody? And I'm saying back then that was before the commercial came out. I could have had a V8, and I could have had a V8. You know. So, uh... Right. You know, one of the things um, I discussed. Uh, I know I've had this conversation with our producer Tony and um, an in-depth conversation about this with Levi. And it's the fact that so many of our young girls are out here engaging in sexual activity and going on um, through the labor of of giving birth, of actually having children um, at an age that they're ill-equipped to 
handle emotionally and physically and have never experienced uh, the pleasure of the actual act of having sex. But they've go- they are going through and have experienced the pain and the labor that comes with giving birth to a child that they are ill-equipped to take care of, whether it be emotionally, um, physically, financially, <laughs> especially financially. Um, and, and I think it's just, wow. And, and it fits so well, Janice, with what you just described coming up. And, you know, I look back on it. My conversation, my mother had a Mazda RX-7, and we went for a ride <laughs> in the car for about 30 minutes where she asked me, uh, did I think I needed birth control and I could come and talk to her if I thought I did. And at the time we had the conversation, I knew with absolution that I wasn't even remotely interested in sex. It was like the farthest thing from my mind. I'm like, what is she tripping on, you know? <laughs> so I find it amazing how awkward and how ill-equipped um, that our parents are, for the most part, in the black community to to have these conversations with our children. And, and most of my classmates, a lot of the people that I talk to, they'll say, you know, what Janice said, well, well, we really didn't have that conversation. <laughs> and I'd be like, I mean, yeah, was, I know. Just, we you either. just didn't. It was like they gave you the look like you better not be thinking about it because. <laughs> right, exactly. They want, They tried to scare you into not doing it. But I think uh, we live in the information age. We live in, where nothing is sacred anymore, nothing is mystic. So it's best to equip your children with knowledge. Um uh, Gwen, if you had to make a recommendation or or if you don't mind sharing, what is your comfort level or do you have one with sharing this topic with your children? Uh, I really don't uh, have a problem talking to them about it. I have a, a unique set of children. I have what I call two families. I have two older <laughs> children by a previous marriage. And I have three younger children with my husband now. And so um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, who is 24, uh, we we ended up having a conversation uh, when she probably was about 10 years old. And uh, she, you know, kind of looked at me like, I don't really know what you're talking about, but okay. Um, and I didn't go into, you know, I kept it on the level that I felt like she could understand I didn't go into any uh, actual demonstrations or uh, explanations about what really was, you know, going to happen. But I just, you know, kind of talked to her on her level. Um, but then as she got older, you know, we would have the conversation. I told her we would have the conversation again, and we did. Um, and um, I was glad I did. I mean, she's 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 well-rounded. She's uh, she's graduated from college. She has a baby now, um, and um, she, you know, she thanks me every day for for talking to her the way I did and explaining. Uh, she said it kept her out of a lot of situations that um, she might have otherwise found herself, you know, not being able to get out of. So uh, my my daughter now, I have a 14 year old that's in um, a freshman in high school. And she comes to me, you know, I try to keep open dialogue. She comes to me and tells me things um, about, you know, friends of hers and things that she's heard. And I explain it to her, um, in a, you know, in a, like I said, in an open, 
way when she would feel like she can come and ask me or tell me anything. Um, as for my two little eight-year-old boys, I know it's going to be soon time uh, because one of them is really girl crazy, um, and it's going to be soon time, and I'm going to have to have my husband to really help me with <laughs> with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and my father helped me talk to my son for whatever reason. I, well, I know part of it was because uh, I wasn't remarried at the time. My oldest son is 22, and he helped me talk to him um, about it and, you know, uh, the, what happens to boys. You know, it's a little bit right. how what happens to girls. So um, I, I've always been open. My mother um, was that way with me. She told me I could come and talk to her about anything. Uh, I had a steady boyfriend in high school, and she told me, you know, whenever you think you're ready, let me know. I'll take you here and there, and we'll do this and that. And right. we did it, you know. So I was fortunate in that she didn't step on eggshells with me um, and didn't – she did. She wanted me to talk, you know, to her. Whereas, you know, with her generation, it was never brought up. That was like, like me said, up just something you just didn't talk about. And if you did, right. your mom would probably clap you in the mouth, you know. <laughs> Right. So, guys, um, I know that Cam I Am has arrived on the scene, and so I would like to bring her out now to join the discussion. Cam, are you here? I am. Good evening, everyone. Hey, hey Cam. Cam. Uh, hey, what's going on, you guys? I was listening to everyone. I'm sorry I'm so late, but, you know, I have an eight-year-old, so I was trying to help her to not, Interrupt me while I was on the show, but uh, I do. <laughs> you know how that goes. Uh, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I was listening to um, Gwen as she was talking, and uh, what really caught my attention is when she said, uh, "Her mom uh, said, when you're ready, just let me know." Um, that really caught my attention because. That statement was was made to me, and I really didn't understand what my mother was right. saying when she when right. she said, "When you're ready, let me know." Um, when my mother set me down, and my mother raised my cousin. My cousin was a senior in high school, and I was uh, a junior. And my mother came to me, and I, I must put this out there, you guys. I was the person who was outgoing. I was always out there. I was always that person. I was in the choir. I was on student government. I was in the band. And I was that person that was out I was out there. When I say I was out there, I was out there, but I was not having sex. My birth control was my friends because they had children. So one of my best friends got pregnant in the ninth grade, and she was a basketball player, and her grandmother was very strict. So she, you know, she had always told us, my mother had always told me, my knees are not made for rocking. And I quote her on that. So I believed her. But when she made the statement, when you're ready, let me know. But I didn't understand that. So I was the person who was always out there. And my family, for some reason, thought that I was going to be the person with a house full of children and no husband. I was even told that. Okay, but I was not having sex because every time we went to the basketball game, my best friend's grandmother always made us take that little boy to the game. 
my cousin, (laughs) who was very smart, who got pregnant in 11th grade and had my cousin in the 12th grade, she always had to go with us. So that was my birth control. I wanted a lot of things in high school, but a baby wasn't one of them. So when my mother made that statement, when you're ready, let me know. I was trying to figure out what is she talking about when I get ready for a baby? <laughs> right. What is it I'm supposed to know I'm getting ready for? So I, I, I was totally confused. So, Levi, mm-hmm. if you will, when, you know, listening to Camilla and listening to Janice and, and listening to what Gwen has had to say and, and getting a better picture of really what it's like and what is what it what it's lacking in trying to convey um an accurate picture of this coming of age act in young girls. How important is it do you think that we press upon them the the magnitude of something like engaging in sexual behavior and Understanding that every person that touched them in a sexual way, that they come away with a with a part of that person shared on their souls. And I'm not speaking from a biblical place, and I'm not getting religious and holy on you guys, but I'm just trying to understand the implications of what it means to carry someone else around with you in your spirit. Wow. Right. Well, I, I think um, you know we talked. I, I talked earlier about how when we talk about sex, we always talk about it from a parenting standpoint and from a religious standpoint. Most time, we talk about it punitively, but we don't give people the blueprint of how to do these things the right way. We just tell them, "Don't do it," and if you do it, here here are the consequences, and when you when you think about teaching something from a punitive standpoint, that only works when a person is a child because right. they will respond to punitive stimulation. That will prevent them from doing something. But once that person gets out on their own, if you want to make if you want that person to make the right decisions, you have to touch that person's spirit. If you think right. about any of the rules or regulations, it's like you were talking about uh, the conversation that you had with your grandmother. That conversation impacted you not because there was some fear or some punitive aspect of it, but it's because it touched your spirit. And I think it when is. we talk to our children about sexuality, we have to let them know that we have to paint a picture of what sexuality is like at its best, what's the highest form of the spiritual experience of sex, and then make that person understand that if there's too many people or if there's too many spirits in that room with you and whoever your ultimate partner is, that's going to cause you to have a schizophrenic relationship for reasons that you might not understand because there are too many of the people in that bed with you and your partner. And, guys, I just want to say this. It is more prevalent now than ever before. I am often, I often hear young women um, or women, period, being described as bipolar. 
or neurotic or unstable. And I can't help but to think that these irrational behaviors are somehow steeped in not being you. You're not fully you. You're you and several other people and whoever someone else brought on their body to your body. And a woman's body being a receiver, being a receptacle um, for a man's, for their partners, it is even, I mean, we have stopped looking at the female form as the sacred cradle of life that it was intended to be. And we use it and treat it in ways that I'm, that are probably just downright diabolical. Mm-hmm. And we don't understand uh, outside of the physical abuses that we're subjecting our bodies to, there are the spiritual implications and ramifications that come along with that. So I think that if we can get to a place where we can share, and I truly believe this uh, with all my heart, <laughs> that we can share with our daughters all in particular that this is a byproduct of deviant uh, uh, sexual behavior, I think we can start having a better conversation and get back to a positive place. We'll be right back. Just turn 17 and 5. 
or or more timely than if she went out with more guys because I intend, and I'm doing it now because of some things that um, she's seen me doing, like in my home, just to get off subject for a moment, we don't lock doors. So she ran in the bathroom, Levi, you can cover your ears if you want to. She saw me putting on a panty, a panty liner, and she was like, what is that for? And uh, so I had to go into that subject at age eight. So um, I um, had to explain to her what panty liners are for. So I would think that dating more instead of her just having this one guy uh, all the time that she's around, you know, 24-7, you know, starting. I, I know some of my friends, they dated in middle school. Then they dated that guy in high school. Then they dated him in college. And they started having sex in middle school and then college, and then they married that guy, and then he cheated on her, she cheated on him, and then they ended up getting married, and now they're divorced. So I feel like if I teach her about courtship, if I teach her what it is about courting and what it is about having male friends, it will be easier for her to date and to court than it is for her to just have this one person and she Mm -hmm. thinks she's, quote, in love. That's just my take on it. So, Gwen, having heard the two opposing thoughts about the topic, what is your take? Um, I'm kind of uh, leaning toward what Cam is saying because of my own personal experience. Um, As I said before, I was in an exclusive relationship when I was in high school. I was in the 11th grade. And she's exactly right. When you're with one person all the time and spend all your time with them uh, that you can, um, you do have a tendency to feel like you're obligated um, to have sex with them um, when, you know, whenever you both decide that's what you want to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I have, like I said, now I have a 14-year-old that's in, um, that's in high school, and when it's time for her to date, and it'll be, depending on her dad, she may be 30, but... <laughs> uh, but I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards 17, 16, 17, you know, in that range. I do want her to do the same thing. I want her to be able to um, uh, date different, you know, guys, so that she can um, uh, she can experience uh, different personalities uh, and uh, you know just learn what it is, how she's supposed to handle herself in different situations. Um, with the understanding that dating does not mean having sex with. No, right. does not absolutely, right. absolutely does not. Uh, and, and and I will be preaching that, of course, you know, because uh, that's not what we're talking about. You know, I mean, we don't. That's what we, that's what we're talking about, but that's not what we want them to be doing. Um, but I I I agree with Cam with that because I I did the same thing in high school. I had that exclusive boyfriend, and um, eventually it it did get. You know, it did become that. We did, you know, have sex. So. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, yeah, I, I, I have a... Levi, yep. <laughs> so, Levi, in, in, in company, I have a, a question from a gentleman, and he's asking the panel, what is the best age to talk to your daughters about sex? So, Levi, do you have a thought on that one? What would be a good yeah. recommendation? My daughter will be 16 in a couple of weeks, and and my wife has been talking to. But that's one thing I have to give my wife props on. My wife 
is on her J-O-B on this topic, and she's been talking to my daughter about sex probably since she was about 11, and Mm -hmm. she is very um, upfront about it. She's very open about it, and she believes that my daughter would be better off with information that she gets from her than from information that she gets you know, from from the street. So I guess to to you know, in my own personal situation, I know my wife started talking to our daughter about sex when she was about eleven. I would, if I had to to state an opinion about an age, I would say that is when your daughter becomes a young miss. Right. When she started, when she start her cycle in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you guys agree, ladies? Yes. That's usually when we. Really broach the situation, the, the the conversation with them. I mean, that's when I have. So. Right, and I think I think because at that stage, with the changes that are happening to her body, that is important for her to understand what those changes are about and the implications of them. Right. right. So yeah, it, hopefully, it is. Um, yeah, with my and daughter, that's why. With, with, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jr. With my daughters, when they started their cycle, we took a field trip to the health department and Walmart, and uh, I picked up some literature for them to read about the changes of their, you know, that was going on in their bodies and stuff. And um, then we went to Walmart to see what they had available as far as uh, sanitary items, you know. So and then at that time, I also let them know that once since this has started. Should they have unprotected sex with someone, it's possible that they themselves could become parents. Right. And like with so me, with my situation, my situation with uh, my daughter walking in on me, she's only eight, but she and she she's not a big eight, but she's a very developed eight, which means I said, she, you know, she has booty. I don't know where she got it from, but um, <laughs> you know, she, she has a shape. And I think it's, you know, from the riding the bicycle, the tennis, and all of that stuff. So she, you know, I don't think that she's ready for sex, for me to talk about sex. But we have we have an open communication now that she knows that she can talk to me about anything. And she asks questions. I mean, she already knows that, you know, she asks questions. There's children in her class at 8 years old. There's a little girl that's 10 years old that's already receiving her menstrual cycle. So when she walked in on me, she said to me, Mommy, there's a girl in my class that uses that that thing. What is that thing? And that's when I explained to her what it's all about. So I think that it is very important as parents to talk to our girls and our boys about, you know, about these things so that when, you know, the menstrual cycle, because my menstrual cycle came on when I was in the eighth grade, and I hid it for about four months, used all right. the toilet paper, because I was afraid. Oh, no. Four months. The toilet paper. Yeah, because I was afraid. I, I thought I was bleeding to death. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know, y'all. I was so scared. I was watching sheets and hanging them on the line, because I did not know what was going on. And I promised myself that it ever happened, that I would talk to my child about it. So I think that an open line of communication 
with our daughter is very, very important. And not just with our daughter, you know, with, with you know, little cousins and, and whoever's around so that they won't yeah. make our daughters feel uncomfortable about these things. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, no, and I'm, I'm not sure. I know when I was in elementary school, when we were in the sixth grade, all the girls had to go to the library for the talk where you would watch that film and uh, someone from the health department, a nurse or whatever, would come down and, you know, she would give you her two cents worth and show you the different type of um, sanitary products that were available and everything. And they lightly touched on um, your sexuality, but they mostly just came and talked to the girls about the changes going on in their bodies. But Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they even do that anymore in the schools. Well, I know when I was in the sixth grade at Clark School, we had um, um, a health class, and they talked about it like one day for like 30 minutes, and that was the the extent of sex education. So, guys, hold one second. We have a caller from the 205 area code, so we're going to pause here and take that caller, okay? Okay. So, 205, are you here? Yeah, how y'all doing? Hi, how are you? All right, uh, with the topic being um, the uh, spirituality of sex and what are you exposing your spirits to, and um, I see we're pretty much getting into the the aspect of children, uh, young teenagers and sex. How can, what can a person that has, uh, well, in other words, should this be relayed to the children? Should we discuss this aspect of it with them as well? Should we discuss the fact that their spirits, like you said, I think, uh, Tiki, you said that your grandmother passed it on to you, and it seems like it stayed with you a while. Um, would that be something that everybody should uh, should relate to their to their child? You know, some people don't have a spiritual background, but I'm um, just kind well, of posing this to the to the to the panel. Well, you know, um, as as people that are close to me are, it's, it's a well known fact that I don't go to church. But what what does that mean? Does that mean that I don't believe in God, that I'm not spiritual? No. Um, I'm not going to recommend to any of our listeners, to any parent, that they take this position with their children. I am going to say that it was impactful to me, that it was one of the things that stayed with me for from the time I heard it until today. And it was one of the things that helped to give me boundaries. Uh, another thing that she said, and she said it directly to me because I asked, I said, uh, Big Mama, how do I know if I'm doing, doing right or wrong, if I'm doing something right or wrong? And she said, you know, if you're doing wrong, if you're doing something, that you would be ashamed for me to see you do. So together those two things were very, very uh, powerful and impactful in my life. It is something that I could say I would love for a parent to share with their daughter to say, hey, under, or their children, period, period, to say, um, understand that when you choose to share your body and when you choose to have sex, that this is something that comes along with that territory. Um, but do I feel comfortable recommending that people do that? Not entirely, because everybody has their own belief system and their way of doing things. But I can tell you that it was a powerful Deterrent for me, so I can say unequivocally that I graduated from high school a virgin. 
So I don't know if that helps to answer your question. Well, do you think that? I, I guess my question is, um, is is basically, do you think that since it helped you, and right. um, I, I haven't questioned your your background spiritually, I'm I'm just asking. With the days, I know we we've talked quite a bit on the show tonight about how would you address, uh, when should you address a child about sex and so forth, and I'm wondering, it, you know, is that a topic? That should be addressed because apparently it it lasted with you, and yeah, it helped you, like you yes. said, to become a a, a a stale virgin. Perhaps it could help somebody else. And I know traditionally you say people don't discuss it, but I'm, I guess my question is, would you feel or, or would somebody else comment that? Do they think that that is something that they should incorporate personally? Uh, anybody on the panel that that has children, is it something that you will do personally with your child? I guess is what I'm asking. I, I would like to say. Absolutely. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Levi. Well, I, absolutely. I, I was going to on the question about uh, you know whether or not a person should date more than one person, and we've talked about again. You know, we usually discuss sex from the negative, what you should not do standpoint. The other piece of it is is to paint for your child the picture of when sex is appropriate and when and how it's beautiful. And I think if you explain to your child that they need to, and, and my answer to that question was going to be yes, I would want my daughter to date more than one person because in her efforts of dating more than one person, she is looking for the person that she is going to ultimately be spiritually bonded to when she decides to have a physical relationship with that person. So a lot of times when you look at, um, and, and another reason for that is a lot of times when you look at young ladies, it, it most, most often happens to young to, to ladies more so than men, although it happens to men sometimes. But sometimes you'll see a lady and she's got ambition, she's got education, she's got a lot going on for herself, and she with some jive turkey, and you're looking oh. at this like, why in the world? Is she with this dude? And the reason why she's with him is because she didn't take time out to find out what, what they had in common. She right. had sex with this guy. Right. Her spirit is physically, is spiritually right. connected to this guy, and really that's mm-hmm. the only thing they have in common. Mm-hmm. And she ends yep. up miserable because she's spiritually connected to somebody that she has nothing in common with other than that sexually based spiritual connection. So again, you have to paint the picture for your child of what a beautiful sexual experience is like, and teach them to look around for that. And so I had an old man told me, and I haven't done this yet, but he told me, he said, when your daughter gets to an age where she starts to date, he said you need to take your daughter out for date while the daughter dates, and right. teach her how she should be treated, teach her, take her to a restaurant Mm -hmm. and show her Mm -hmm. how to be treated and teach her if you ever with any dude who can't treat you this way, then you don't need to be with him. You have to teach your daughter what to expect from someone that she may become spiritually bonded to. That's perfect. Yes, I totally agree with with Levi. Trying to answer 205's call I can remember um, from an, from my own experience, not from anything that anyone told me, 
But I can remember being in a sexual relationship with a guy, and uh, we were, he was such a, quote, turkey, as Levi just said, and I can remember being sexually involved with this guy, and there were so many, because once you have sex with someone, the spirits are deposited in you. And here I am, a Christian, here I am, a saved person, and I'm trying to figure out what is going on with me spiritually. It was like there was something going on inside of me that I had no control over. I was completely out of out of character. I was doing things that I, 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 I had no control over, and I did not understand why I had a desire to do these things. It was not until I got out of the relationship that I realized it was because that person had deposited sexual things inside of me that came from him. Wow. So when we lay down with people and these we have sex with these people, these, these men, they deposit spirits inside of us. So as an adult now that I'm not the person that I was and I'm the person that I am now, now I realize that I just lay down with anybody. My grandfather said it like this. If you lay down with dogs, you get fleas. Yep, that's right. So, you know, I don't know if that answers two or five questions. So that's what I'll be teaching my daughter. And and just a quick point, I was sharing with Tiki earlier. I went to Burger King yesterday to take my daughter to breakfast. That was a four-year-old guy. He couldn't have been any more than three or four. He was with his mother and maybe two or three sisters. He literally ran to the door to open the door for my daughter and, and I. And, I mean, I was just overjoyed. I'm like, someone is teaching this young man how to be a gentleman. So that's what we have to do as a single mother. We have to teach our daughter. If there's a father in the home, he has to teach his daughter as well. And the same thing about young men. Agreed, agreed, agreed. We're going to take a commercial break real quick, guys, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. www.soulofamericaradio.com Get information about the show, segments, the staff, anything you want to find out. And now, if you're listening to the show right now and want to speak to the host, press 1 if you're listening via phone and you will be connected to the host. If you're listening over the internet and want to speak, pick up your phone and dial 323-784-9638 and press 1. Or either just hang on and listen to the show. And now, back to the show. Every little thing 
And you know, it's, uh, with me, it's can we have an example of what kind of questions? Because <laughs> Gwen just tripped me out. What kind of questions you got, um, Kamala? Um, questions like, um, seriously, um, have you ever been with a man? Okay. Oh, like, uh, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Have you ever Have you ever thought about? It? That's relevant these days, really. That is really yeah. relevant. Yeah. Have you ever been with a man? Have you ever thought about? It? You know, and they they may ask me the same thing. It's fine because I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna tell the truth, and uh, you know, uh, and and if they 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 can tell me yes or no, you know, and that's still gonna. I mean, I'm I still may go out. It's not gonna determine whether I go out or not. But I'm just gonna ask those questions just to see if they give me if they hang up on me. Then you know, anywho, we go on to the next applicant. But, um, you know, those are just questions that I ask. I mean, and most of the times y'all know me. I'm just not going to come and say, hey, have you ever been with a man? I mean, it's going to be in a joking way that they don't even know that I asked the question before they say, what? I can't believe you asked me that. It's going to be in a slick way. It's going to be in a slick <laughs> way that they don't even realize that I got a one, two, three, four, five, six questionnaire going on. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm wow. Serious. wow. I'm serious. The next time I do it, TK, I'm going to have you on the three-way, I promise. You're on the speaker you phone. You might want to mute me. Yeah, put the phone on star six and mute. But I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> but I'm serious. These are the kind of questions that you have to ask you guys. It's so many brothers yes. on the down low now. It's, I mean, yes. it's, it's, I mean, yes. last last week was what, HIV week and AIDS week. It's so many things out there until now. You literally, if you're in a relationship, one of my good friends brought this out to me, all jokes aside, that before she got in her relationship that she's in now, her and her friend, they decided to go get tested together. I thought that that was wonderful. Absolutely. They decided before they decided to engage in sexual relationships that they decided to go get tested together and wait on the results to come back. That's very right. That's the ultimate trust to me. If you can't do that, then, hey, you need to keep it moving. That's right. I agree. Because this thing, this thing is serious. If you can't wait until you get married, I think that that's fair. Absolutely. Right. All right. Levi, can you? One more thing. One more thing. Of course, everybody is everybody is saying wait until you get married, but to some people, that's not realistic. It's not. Right. Absolutely. Okay. I know okay, it's not Levi. for me because I don't even believe in, you know, marriage. But that's another topic of the oh, show. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. Move on, move, move on to the preacher. <laughs> come on, Levi. Levi, come on in, please. <laughs> come on, Levi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that, uh, yeah, you have to, when you get involved with someone, especially once a relationship gets serious, you do have to ask questions and you do have to share uh you know your your history, your background, who you who you've been with, and all of these kinds of things. And uh, but like uh, <laughs> the same old man that told me that <laughs> I should take my daughter out and teach her <laughs> how to how to how a man should treat her and, mm-hmm. and set a standard for her. That same old man told me just like Gwen said. He's he, he he's not my father, but he called me son. He's a son. He's to always be. Honest and open with your wife, but you can't tell your wife everything. <laughs> That's the truth. You know, I, I had somebody love. tell me that too. Yeah, yeah. You better go to the, You better. You better not tell nobody but God. That's you right. better not tell <laughs> your mama. Tell <laughs> your mama. 
I believe some See. stuff will kill my mama, Levi. I'm telling you, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm not touching that. Oh, you better not, because you guilty. <laughs> <laughs> what's, that next to What's that little city next to Tennessee? I don't know, girl. I don't know, girl. Loud. (laughs) Y'all just got into the wrong thing on this topic tonight. That's just terrible. (laughs) So let me ask. Let me ask this question since we're talking about. Let me bring up something. This is something, and, and I'm sure, I know. Well, I know I talk to a lot of men, and a lot of men have this. And it's kind of related to the question that you just asked. And that is, when you get into a serious relationship, or more specifically, when you get married, Mm -hmm. what of a past relationship do you keep and throw away? In other words, if you dated somebody for 10 years before you met your significant other, do you throw away every picture of that person you ever had? No. Gwen? Um, I, I I did. I didn't throw it away. I just left it. You know, uh, <laughs> because I was in a previous marriage. So by me being in a previous marriage, of course, you know, I would have had a whole bunch of stuff. But the day I walked out of that house, I left that crap right there where it was. And uh, wow. I took my peace of mind, my peace of mind, my children, and that was that. And a few, you know, a few of our items we needed. That was it. The rest of that crap I could care less about. Uh, damn, Joe didn't want to keep his picture. Uh, nothing <laughs> else that belonged to him. So, wow. So there it is. It's right there. Uh-huh. I ain't keeping none of that mess. So, hmm. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> wow. But I mean, I've had I had some pictures of like an ex boyfriend, like my very first boyfriend who I was talking about. I had, you know, I had a picture or two um, of him, and because that was a good experience, um, whereas that last experience was not. And so, you know, I didn't feel the need to keep anything from that. I kept his children, and that was, you know, that was good enough. Um, right, right. I wanted them; they were mine. So. Yeah, I, I have the reason why I ask the question is because uh, I have a similar. I had a relationship, you know, five years before I met my wife with a young lady that I came real close to asking to 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 marry me, and it's kind of related to this subject of being spiritually bonded to to, to this person. And when my when 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 my wife and I first got married, she found a picture of this lady. She gave it to me. She told me throw it away. I said, okay, baby, I'm going to throw the picture away. I took it out in the garage and hit it. (laughs) (laughs) Two years later, later, she found the picture again. I thought she was going to. And now we've been married long enough now that every time she goes to do spring cleaning and she finds the picture, she just show it to me and we just bust out and start laughing about it. (laughs) But the reason, and it's not that I want to go back and be with that young lady. Why you about that picture, Levi? But but I I was that that person is a part of my history, and right. asking me to throw and asking me to throw away every single thing about yeah. that person that's asking a lot. And a lot of times you can create some unnecessary drama 
in your relationship yeah. if you trip too much about stuff like that. Oh, that's well, a good point. I think, in in relevant um, to the topic that we're having tonight, that the person that we are today, the person that you are, the individual that you look in the mirror and see right now, that person is the sum total of everything you've ever experienced in your past. Your past, your experiences, the people you've encountered, created who you are today, good and bad, good and bad, all of that. Uh, is a culmination of who you have become. It's who you are. So I think that you know that is absolution right there, Levi. I you know I I can't agree more. And what I want to encourage um, in our children, and when we're having that conversation, is to say, what kind of legacy do you want to build for yourself? You know, here are the pieces, and you're going to put them together. And one day you're going to look back over this this uh, building that is your life, that is your body, and what do you want to see in it? Because sometimes, you know, we can we really cannot stop a memory for coming about in our minds, even ones that we've tried years and years to suppress, good right. and bad. Um, they come back because we've shared something with those people, with that person, and it's not something that you can stop. It's, it's a part of you. You know, Levi and I were having this conversation about the overwhelming uh, number of women that look back over their past, even from young teenage girls in their first sexual encounters, and they do not look back over that picture in a pleasant way. It's not always a good look. It is not always a good look. Sometimes it's a horrific look. Sometimes it's an embarrassing look. Sometimes it's just a shameful look. So when it's like good. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's exactly what we were saying. Every now and again it's good, but not always. Not always, and not always particularly when we have that very first uh, encounter where we, Sometimes you know, your last encounter ain't all that good. Lord, <laughs> mercy. <laughs> <laughs> thank thank you, Camilla, adult. you're right. <laughs> Just to put a little, you know. But anywho, uh, go on to me, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, Camilla. I'm going to have to agree yeah. with that statement. <laughs> but again, it's a part of your past, even if it was the last right, one. Right, right. It's a part of your past, and it's it's who you um who you ultimately become in this journey. So and I think Pam, that's I when thought, you make up. That's when you make up ahead. your mind, or that's when you decide in your life that you know enough is enough. I know that's when I decided. Yeah, literally, my last encounter was. I literally began to regurgitate. And I'm like, what is this? And I'm 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 not lying to y'all. Y'all know I believe in telling the truth when it comes to things. I literally began to regurgitate and I knew that it was something going on in my soul, in my will, my emotion and my thoughts that this is not what it's supposed to be. So I need to just cut it off now. Before something goes on, yeah. Before something seriously goes on in my will, my emotion, my thoughts, and in my spirit. So as 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 a woman, 
I had to make up in my mind that it's time for me to separate myself from my flesh and wait on who it is that God has already spiritually connected me with. Because that was so it was so much fleshly gratification and being connected to who it is that I'm not supposed to be connected to. And that's that's when I got to enough is enough part in my life. That's my that's little testimony right, right there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a real story, y'all. Yeah. I think ultimately people who uh decide to become celibate that's the realization they come to. Right. Because there right. is that, that spiritual connection in there. And so um, I think that's what they, I mean, I, I, I've only been a celibate, you know, by force. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Just because out of circumstance, not because I've said, Okay, um, you know, like Cam, hey, this is it. I, there's something going on here. No, uh, just because I was, you know, I wasn't married and I just didn't engage, um, or I wasn't dating somebody seriously, so I didn't engage. You know, I just wasn't out there being promiscuous. Well, that wasn't by force, around. man. Don't don't say it was by force. That ain't a force. Decided, no. <laughs> I was forced. That's a lack of opportunity. Is that what you're saying, Janice? Yeah, you know, I mean, she made the decision to stick to her guns, so that wasn't forced. But uh, I think I decided. I think it's mine. Mine is not by force. I mean, either way it go, you, 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 there's still the will and the desire to be there. You understand? Yeah, I mean, course. there's the desire is still there. Yeah, I agree with Tika. It's this lack of opportunity that's going on right now. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's it. Lack of opportunity. Adequate uh, applicants. So, listeners, one one thing to add to to your conversation with your children is that sex the the largest sex organ in the body is the brain. It's the brain it controls urges. Right. <laughs> it controls <laughs> urges. Are you saying something, Levi? No, I was just agreeing with you. That's uh, that's that's on point for sure. <laughs> Dang, I should go have children. I got something to teach. <laughs> not. <laughs> yes, you, do, not. You, should, you should write a book. That's what you should do. Okay. But, you know, I, 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 you know we, we we talked, well, I know you on, uh, on the grill that we talked about rap music and that impact, and I was flipping through the channels just this the other night on DirecTV, and they've got this movie. I haven't seen the movie, but on pay-per-view they got this movie called Friends with Benefits. I don't know if you guys seen or heard of that movie, but it's basically a movie about a young lady who's kind of looking for the right person to uh, to have her first experience with, and it's, it's some kind of a romantic comedy, I guess. I don't know what it is. But in the environment where we talk about sex in such a casual way. I mean, what do you say to, to to these kids? I mean, we have to explain that, you know, having sex with someone is more than just a handshake. And right. the way society is going now, it seems like a lot of young people really don't look at being intimate with someone as being a big deal. Right, especially now that they've made – um, 
having oral sex, a substitution, and it's treated like a fad. So it's something that, you know, I was made aware of recently, and it scared me. Because, you know, when we were coming up, you know, sex was a big deal, but oral sex was taboo. Right. You know, you don't talk about that. What? What? You have that was a that was extreme intimacy. Yeah. But apparently, right now in our junior high schools and our high schools, it's children right. are doing this and they're treating it like a fad. Mhm. And they're like, oh, okay, know you know, true. it's no big deal. We're just having oral sex. We're not doing anything else. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. You doing hoo hoo? You know, and it's it's my well, in my day, uh, in my day, French kissing was like. Uh, now that's when I uh, regurgitated. I was like, "Oh my God, no!" Tongue <laughs> <laughs> in my mouth. Oh no, for what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it made me. I mean, it did. It made me sick to the stomach. Now, I, mind you, I'm in the fifth and sixth grade, you know, so I'm like, uh. Yeah, French kissing. French kissing was like marijuana to crack, but now everything <laughs> is so trendy. <laughs> but now everything is so trendy. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can get away with it now. But that to me, that's where the information comes in. At you know, absolutely. we we have to, and, and and you're you're so right, Tamika, because I heard the same thing um, at Selma High School. It's it's like, and I, I experienced this when I was walking at the track, you know, and this is a whole nother level. But and I won't even say this, but it's it's like. Oral sex is the thing now with these young people because they don't mm-hmm. quote, consider it sex. Right. So well, let me I ask you this. Let me ask this question. How do we talk to our children about sex? Uh, you just do. I talked to my 14-year-old about it. She uh, came to me and was talking to me, you know, telling me, well, Mama, you know, uh, such and such was telling me that, you know, she don't have sex with, Boys, all she do is F their D. That's how she said it to me. And I said, excuse me? She said, yeah. Um, she told me that she Fs their D. I said, Jalen? <laughs> oh, Lord, I said her name. I said, uh, that is still sex? I said, and that's something that, um, you know, that, that you still shouldn't be doing. I said, it's not a fad. It is sex. I said, it and is you sex. can contract. That's right. And you can contract uh STDs in that manner as well. So, right. uh, you know, we talked about it just like we would have talked about anything else. But, yeah, when she told me that, I said, Lord, she said, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, wow. my gosh. And these were, this was last year when she was in eighth grade. So, so parents, add that, to your, add that to your checklist to advise your children that even though it's the trend, it's what's happening right now. It is still sex. It can still make them sick, and it's still a part of the process. So, guys, we are coming to the end of another show, another segment of In the Ladies' Room. And for the first time, we willingly invited a man to join us in the ladies' room. <laughs> so, and I think... The first man in the ladies' room. <laughs> And I think he handled it, handled it with incredible (laughs) aplomb. And a very special thank you to Miss Cam I Am for partaking in tonight's (laughs) subject. Glad to have you here tonight, Cam. Love you, ladies. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
<laughs> roll Tide Roll. Let that go down in history. Roll Tide Roll. <laughs> the light, Levi. She's seeing the light. <laughs> yeah, we don't get a converted yet. <laughs> We're gonna get a converted yet. Get some ammonia and put on my nose. I just fainted. <laughs> Here, like I used to do in the old church. Ammonia, <laughs> some ammonia, some water, a finger <laughs> chew or something. <laughs> All right, Gwen. Any thoughts before we go? Hey, I had a blast. I'm glad we decided to talk about this. It was very informative. Uh, this gives me that much more information to uh, go out here and arm myself with to be able to talk to myself. So I appreciate everybody's time. All right. Thanks, Gwen. Denise? Yeah, I just loved hanging out with everybody tonight. I enjoyed the conversation, and we really love you guys. Awesome, awesome. Thank you all for having this conversation with me tonight and supporting this topic. I have loved it, and I love you all, too. Good night. Good night. Good night. Hey.